Hello and welcome to another episode of West Underground. And this is a very special episode, guys. I'm I'm happy to be doing this. And today we have none other than Thunder Fox joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Samish. Cheers, guys. Guys, just straight off the bat, like, how did you guys start as a band? Oh, oh. <laughs> So I think we've been together, I mean, in theory, a long time now. I started the band with my best mate, Sam, another Sam, um, in high school. We were just um, just sort of in different grades, but we knew each other and that we played guitar. And there's not many kind of people in our school that were very, uh, like, very interesting in terms of their musical output, you know, because we're on the beaches. So everyone wants to play Angus and Julia Stone stuff. And we wanted to play, like, funk music and rock music and stuff so yeah we we were like oh let's it was kind of a running joke oh we should start a band we should start a band and we used to laugh about it every time we saw each other and one day I went over to his place and we wrote a song together and we were like oh this is sick we were so excited because we thought we'd written the best song of all time and um yeah we kind of just coasted along as the two of us and did some little acoustic gigs and then one day my friend jack who I used to live with, who now plays in, sings in Mansion Air, which is another band um, who doing quite well. He asked us to play, to support his old band. He said we needed a band um, to do it. And we wanted the gig, so we found whoever we could that played instruments at the time. One of them was my ex-girlfriend on the drums. <laughs> and um, yeah, just a couple of other people. And yeah, and we just came up with the, the funniest name we could think of and um the rest was history and as time has gone on the members have kind of grown and changed and I think the band probably solidified as an entity when Jesse and Travis joined the band it's kind of when we found our sound got some horns in there because we wanted to be different and that was that was the moment and so I would say we've been to we've been Thunderfox for like six or seven years but we've been this band for like maybe two years, yeah, two or three years, two or three years. found our sound especially in the last uh i think about a year ago our current bass player joined man's a monster shreds on the bass and on the synth bass and i feel like there's five of us now in the band and when casey our current bassist joined really feels like we've locked in and kind of found our feet and our sound and found what to build off from which is really exciting yeah Wow, that's amazing, boys. One question I just want to ask, like that's off topic completely. Where are you, boys? It looks like you're in a studio slash aquarium behind. <laughs> this is my this is my home studio, and I keep my pet snakes in here as well because ah snakes here. Like man. <laughs> it looks like a fish aquarium. Like I was. <laughs> well, that's you can see that little lump down there. That's one of my snakes. That's a little white snake. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Wow, not so much a fish tank, but a reptile tank. Yeah, it wasn't like an intentional backdrop. Like this is just the best place to do the zoom. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you've got you've you you've won the award of like the best backdrop of all these zoom interviews we've yeah. done. No one's had a snake tank in the background. <laughs> For sure, you can imagine. So this is a first. But dude, oh, one one thing I also wanted to say, um, which is 
you know, completely off topic a little bit is the name Thunderfox. Like, you know, I was having a conversation before we started this interview with my editor and he goes, oh, who are you guys interviewing? And I said, I said, Thunderfox. And he goes, are they, are they a metal band? And I said, no, yeah. <laughs> the opposite, actually. <laughs> Have a listen. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, you know, it was one of <laughs> the name. I think the name is like one of those things where it, it, it's it's misleading but it kind of takes you down you know um you know a rabbit hole of going oh wow oh wow this is not what i was expecting but yeah <laughs> might pique your interest be like oh yeah. and then you start listening to something he's like oh not what i expected but cool anyway <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where like teenagers when we came up with the name and years down the track it's like wow. stuck <laughs> So who gets the name credits? Who was the mastermind behind it? Well, I think it was me. It was back when Sam and I were writing. And and I think we came up with maybe 10 names that were way better than Thunder Fox in retrospect. (laughs) Sam really wanted to be called Stank Face, which I thought, (laughs) looking back, I think that was such a cool band name. (laughs) But we were like, oh, we should go with something that's easy to spell. And that was kind of the whole point. We just want it to be easy to write out. But people still manage to fuck it up. Yeah, people it's... always write it as one word. It's two words. Thunder, Fox. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not the proudest achievement of the band, but we love it anyway. Oh, it's a name. you got to stick with the name. Yeah. Represents you. Represent. Has anyone said it in reverse to you guys? Has anyone been like, oh, you guys, Fox Thunder? Fox I don't think we've had that. We but, get Thunderbox. Yeah, we get Thunderbox. We always get Thunderfox. Thunderfox. That's um, kind of funny. All That's the time. Like funny. <laughs> but the cat we get, which is a compliment. More yeah. yeah. I'm interested in the names that you said were, were better than Thunderfox. What were the names there? Well, yeah, I think my favorite was Stankface. But um, <laughs> another front runner was Buffalo Pete. I thought that was cool. <laughs> I haven't heard these options before, and I'm I'm more and more yeah. glad that we went with Thunderfox. Actually, <laughs> well, we got it could to... always be song names as well. There could always be song names if you ever. Yeah, that's true. Or yeah. album album names as well. They're pretty good, so at least nothing misses out. Yeah, people really like them. Thankface would be a great song name. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I like Buffalo Pete would certainly get your interest. You'd be like, "What are they writing about?" Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That was a sick name. You know, Buffalo Pete almost sounds like a name of like a, you know, a pokey machine that hasn't been invented yet. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Buffalo yeah. It's got the shotguns going off. <laughs> bang, bang. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, yeah like a sick Western movie or something. <laughs> Buffalo Pete. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of like Aussie pub rock. For sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe too much. Too much now, anyone watching that's in the process of starting like an Aussie um pub rock band there you go oh, i don't know your boys want to have copyright of that or you're gonna i don't know i can they can have it go for your life all right you yeah, know successful it. they get we might come after them later down the track yeah start winning grammys litigation here and there <laughs> remember when we said that you could have that name really now we want it back come on <laughs> exactly but boys you recently put out a new single and i'm like when I heard it, I was like, whoa, this is very, very different. Um, but like, who are you boys inspired by? Like, who are you individually listening to? It's pretty, um, it's really mixed, actually. So there's five of us in the band and we all come from pretty different musical backgrounds. But um, mm-hmm. so there's me, I play the trumpet and we've got a sax player as well. So we've, we've got a lot of background in like jazz and kind of wind orchestra stuff. But also 
I grew up listening to like the Red Hot Chili Peppers and our sax player loves his hip hop. Sam's into like Jeff Buckley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely definitely the origin of our sound is the fact that we don't try and go for anything. We just get all our influences and mix them together. So I was, yeah, I was always into like, when I was growing up into like folk music and, and soul music, like Jeff Buckley and Stevie Wonder and uh, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. as well as like Guns N' Roses and Led Zeppelin on the rock kind of side of things. Um, that's what I was obsessed with. And so when, when we got together, it, it wasn't a case of like, oh, you like, you know, funk music. That's, that's horrible. It was like, oh, everything everyone bought into the band completely like expanded our, our vision and our kind of desire to embody all of that. So I thought my singular goal personally and I guess for everyone else too maybe was was to write something that was unique or to be something that was unique which can seem sort of impossible until you realize that to be unique you just have to like amalgamate everything that you like and put it into one place because there's lots of bands out there that want to sound like I don't know Red Hot Chili Peppers or Sticky Fingers there's not a lot of bands that are just kind of going well I like all of this stuff. I'm not even going to think about it and just write whatever comes to mind because all that stuff's like bubbling in the back of your head subconsciously. I think you guys have definitely done a good job of putting all that in a blender and creating a new flavor. (laughs) You know, know, like I, you know, the Jeff Buckley influence, I could hear that a little bit, but I mean, it was just very different. Like, um, as I said, like I discovered you guys amongst, um, a bunch of you know new Australian music and whatnot and even then I found you guys in a playlist and you kind of go from what else is in there to you guys and it's like oh this is this is worlds apart almost yeah like, yeah, yeah for sure that that's been like both a blessing and a curse for us because for sure. well, we're really proud of our last album especially and everything we create and like love how it sounds and often when people listen to it they'll like really like it but they'll struggle to put their finger on what it is yeah when it comes to like playlisting and stuff people the feedback will often get if it's like not a go they'll be like oh we really love it love the production but it doesn't quite fit the vibe of the playlist You're like, <laughs> all right all right <laughs> so people, people want people want you to be able to define what you're doing and especially in this kind of musical what? landscape people want to say like i are you a rock band are you a r&b band are you a soul band or whatever genre and uh, like i've never been able to say really what we are yeah. it's like we're definitely something like adult contemporary adult contemporary <laughs> easy listening it's like yeah but i i love i love that about us but it has made it kind of tricky to kind of get people's ears pricked up before they actually listen to our music because mm-hmm. they're like well what are you you know well you are good so that that that's a good starting point <laughs> at the very least <laughs> yeah very good but um you know like look i th- i think you guys will you know if 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 you guys don't get picked up in a big way in the next like you know 10 years i feel like the next generation will be looking back and going oh remember have you heard of these guys <laughs> yeah. the records and pulling them apart yeah yeah, yeah. It'd be like a fishbone thing like the band fishbone who were like this American ska band. Some people have heard of them, some people haven't. They never really got that massive. But they, it, it's, if you, there's this documentary about them. They interview like 
Flea from the Peppers and um, a bunch of other super famous musicians that came out of the same movement. And they were like, well, they were easily the most influential band on the scene, but no one cared about them like Nobody when they that. were there. <laughs> so, so that's like, not that's not that's not gonna, gonna be want. us. It's not what we want. It's not what we want, but it's crossing my mind. Oh dude, it just sounds like the future. You just I, uh, you know, and and like there's songs of yours which I'm like, oh that's kind of R and B and that's kind of I don't know. I think once our generation learns not to not to love labels as much as we do, I feel like it'd be very easy. More more people are able to get around it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah I hope to Even so. in the mainstream now, it's becoming less of a thing. Like, still got a ways to go, but you can see people branching out. Of, like Billy Eilish did a fucking pop punk song. Like <laughs> everyone's yeah. doing what whatever they want when they get when they get the popularity that they get and then no one no one minds yeah that's, that's the whole goal we just I, th- I think we just stick to our guns and do whatever we want yeah happens, happens. I, I think a big part of like what we we're talking about or what, what sam's suggesting is like there's still like definitely that trend of people wanting to be put in boxes already or only playing things that fit a certain taste that still exists but like sam was saying i think it's changing a little bit i reckon a huge part of that is down to like the accessibility of production because yeah. you've got all these like yeah. 16 17 year old kids they've got a laptop a free version of ableton maybe it's cracked and like kids are getting so good at producing music so young these days which just yeah. like opens up the world like people aren't limited to being contracted with a label for example they can just make something and then suddenly they'll blow up through like tiktok and there's all these yeah well, and you, so you can access millions of songs at the touch of a button so that's it's like no restriction in what you're exposed to so I think it's you know there's societal kind of implications of being you know assigned to a genre that still really kind of runs through the whole thing yeah the industry but as yeah I think I think there is some little signs of moving away from that kind of need to label people yeah i think so you brought up sticky fingers before and i thought that was really interesting because i met when the first time i was a kid and i heard sticky fingers i was like whoa this is really this is really different and then and then i like really got into it and then kind of watched those guys blow up but in the most kind of unconventional way where they kind of made their own you know audiences got by just going from coast to coast to coast and then overseas and coming back but, um, you know, it definitely shows that, you know, it, it is possible, you know, yeah. and especially with, you know, the out of technology and that kind of stuff. But what's it been like for you guys gigging? I mean, imagine at the moment it's probably been a, quite hard, but, you know, in yeah. before. Well, we're like, we definitely see ourselves as like a gigging band. The best feedback we've gotten about our music has been after live performances. Like people see our shows, we're like, very high energy and we got a lot of different personalities on the stage and we all come from a background of like as performing musicians like some of us have gone to music uni others haven't but we all love playing music like at the end of the day so gigging is like it's so important to us it's everything to us well, yeah i think i think it's where you find it's where you find the most kind of dedicated fans of your music is when you can connect with them on a personal level because it's like all you're doing at the moment in this kind of you know modern musical age everyone's trying to get fans by posting really hot pictures of themselves or 
posting heaps of songs on Spotify and trying to get playlisted and stuff. But there are certain types of fans that you can gain from that. You know, you can get a million plays on Spotify and have no one that will go to your gig and no one that will buy your T-shirt and stuff. So I think that's been the most valuable thing about trying to grow as a band has been gigging because we meet people there. And when, when we meet them, we'll see them at the next show, the next time we go to their town. And you kind of build this relationship with people. And those are the people that stick with you and that really care about what you're doing. So sure. That's why it's so inspiring to, to do gigs, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've gigged a lot. It was like, it's a big part of us as a band is yeah. we'll release something and then we'll like work towards a tour and we'll really try to make it a big tour. We're like, we're very familiar with the, the long drive from Sydney to Melbourne or Sydney to, to Brisbane or to Byron <laughs> and back again, yeah. which is great. We, we love, love it. Love yeah. It um, I feel like you guys have got both the online and the gig um, personnel where you got like a lot of fans following you because of, online you guys got this photo of you all hugging each other. Yeah. And I think you, you guys got that hot stuff as well going on as well. <laughs> yeah, you got to play the game. That's yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's kind of just like how we have always taken photos anyway. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're a bunch of, we're, we're five guys in a band and that's becoming like, you know, more and more a less popular thing um and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily but we're also as five guys we're all like really close we're really touchy-feely we love to like hang out and speak about our emotions with each <laughs> other and cuddle so we're like we kind of like to translate that across so we do like silly photo shoots push yeah. the boundaries you know keep everybody guessing like is it a boy is it a girl i'm not really sure <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah i saw the vibe as well which is great I, th- I think we just want to be who we are. Like exactly, you know, try try and translate that without really trying to. No, we don't want to put a filter. Trying on Trying to things. fit any sort of trend or anything. No, no, I yeah, I agree. Yeah. Speaking hey, about oh, I, oh sorry, Paul. No, I'm sorry, put... I was gonna say I'm a bit off topic, but speaking about emotion, I'm getting anxiety from that candle lighting up on your left, Jesse. Oh, yes. Yeah. What is that? It's a, it's a some I don't know some electric. Doesn't yeah, trend, it look like, like a candle that you know those prank candles that went on and off? <laughs> look like that curtain's gonna go on fire. I was like, I don't know. At... <laughs> <laughs> we don't yeah. want the fires in here. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Breathe. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting, Hamish. That's all yours now, mate. Oh, <laughs> look, I was before before Paul asked about the uh, about the candle. I just wanted to ask, like, how do you boys like commute in? as as a five-piece band like are you going around in two cars or you gotta <laughs> glad you, gotta... you asked this question <laughs> well yes that's, that's a question you gotta tell off camera guys <laughs> uh, for, for a long time we were um we were doing exactly that we were commuting in two sometimes three cars because like sometimes we'll have to take backline like drum kits yeah stuff. yeah um so yeah it was like two or three cars a lot of money on fuel but um between the two lockdowns actually like it's a thing we love touring we're going to keep touring so actually we invested in a i invested in the band invested in a in a kia carnival which is like an eight-seater car so we actually haven't had the most use of it we've only been on like two yeah. quick tours but it means that once lockdown's over we can fit all of us in one vehicle with all our gear swap drivers it's, it's a dream it's so yeah. so exciting that's a classic classic way of touring as a band yeah that's sure. it yeah that's awesome but that would have been a that would have been fucking uh heaps of you know heaps of 
money and just so much effort because if you're a three piece, you can get away with cramming everything into a little van and, you know, go driving around in a smelly van. But if you're a five piece, you've got to get two cars and an entourage. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been a logistical challenge, but it's worth it, you know, and we just do it. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've only just kind of started in the last year or two traveling with a sound guy and things like that. Prior to that, it was always just the band members. And like, if we were lucky, you'd bring a girlfriend along or something. Well, you need to buy a bus. <laughs> a bus. A private jet, I reckon. Yeah, let's next Why not? <laughs> saving up for that. And now you've you've briefly touched on, you know, kind of relentlessly touring and, and trying to play shows, but where have you guys been? Um everywhere on the east coast yeah we're we're really familiar with the east coast of australia so like sydney's our hometown we got the biggest following here biggest listenership and yeah fans but we've done a lot of shows in brizzy and melbourne also byron Byron. south coast new south wales is kind of a random oddball one where we got a bit of a following yeah and of course in 2018 we did something really fun yeah we went to europe in 2018 which was just like you know, the best few weeks of our lives, I reckon. Did 22 dates in Europe and, like, what, eight countries. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, 20, 25 days or 26 days and 22 shows. And it was, like, the best. Yeah. yeah. That's what we wanted to do forever. So were you guys working with a label or anything at that point? Like, you know, when you did that? Or did you just take life in your own hands and be like, we're going to do this and we're going to book it all ourselves? We're going to... Yeah, it was option B all the way. Yeah. <laughs> we, saw, we saw bands like... Um, for example, we saw bands like Ocean Alley doing Europe tours and other, other bands like that, like from a similar scene from the Northern Beaches. And like, that looks like so much fun. Like is it actually feasible to do that? What, what's actually required? We were just like, let's just make it happen. So we spoke to the boys from Ocean Alley. Yeah, we got some tips and advice. Did it. We found- was before Ocean Alley kind of hit the, hit the big time. Before they took anyway, off. Anyway, so but we did it. Yeah, we found like a little boutique booking agency in Italy, just like through friends of friends. And he got us a bunch of shows in like Italy and Spain. And I just like- um, I emailed like hundreds of venues in, in Germany and in France and in the UK, just like hoping for a bite, like casting out a thousand reels and like a few of them responded. <laughs> and we ended up putting a show together and funded it ourselves and pretty jam-packed tour. Yeah, we just yeah. did it. It was really, really fun, like pretty challenging, but but totally doable. And like if there's any if there's any fans out there listening to this who want to do it, like it's doable. You just got to do it really. 100% such yeah, a i i'm i'm sure there are and like one question that i want to kind of get at is how did you get all your backline of instruments and all that stuff over there logistically or do you have to kind of borrow and yeah well, we hired yeah so, there was like there was a touring company there that hired out a, a van and gear or was it, yeah yeah van a and van gear. and gear for a specific period of time so we did that for whatever it was for four weeks or five weeks and um yeah, just had this whole backline with us the whole time, which was kind of sketchy because we got we got robbed in Italy. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't get to the backline. They robbed um robbed our car when we were, we were out to play about to play a show, but it got rained off because it was an out like a lot of the shows in Europe were outdoors because it was the summer. And yeah, we went and they said, "Well, you can't play this show, but we bought all this beer, so you might as well just drink it while you're here." And we we're like, "Okay." All right. 
And so we did that, but we got back to the car and it was broken into so some windows. Smashed smashed. windows. Because fucking Travers and our sax player and our bass player of the time, Connor, had left their phones and wallets on the dashboard, which is <laughs> sort of like the first thing not to do. But... Yeah, that was like that was like the rock bottom of the Europe tour. We come back to our van and there's like a window smashed and a wallet and a phone. Yeah, card. had a week or so left, another like 20 hours of driving at least with just a plastic bag on yeah, the window, the, like flapping. The repair, we told the repair company like we got broken into and they're like, oh can you guys go get that fixed at a smash repair? But like, we didn't have any time because every night we had a show. So we had to drive like five hours every night. We also figured out that part of the contract was like every, every um piece of damage to the van would cost like, I think it was like 150 euro. We were like, it'd actually be cheaper to not get it fixed and take it back and get them to fix it. So we, yeah, we went and bought a thick piece of plastic and just duct taped it to the window. Which I file, file a police report as well. I seem <laughs> yeah. to remember. There was a bit of a language thing. barrier though. Oh. So it didn't really work out, but yeah. But hey, we survived. We survived. It was, all, it was all good. And it's a good story. Yeah, man. You'd like, you're, at least you got some war stories from it as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if in 50 years you guys become the biggest band in the world, you can all, re- you know, retire and write <laughs> off autobiographies and it'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. But don't take that as an invitation to rob us. Stories. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Rob. Guys, I think that's like an, like a, like a great attitude. And I don't think that we've had any bands like, on here so far paul that have you know taken that approach and really just you know grabbed it and went for it yeah we've had bands who've been like organized from obviously second third party and on it but we've never had a band like you guys actually took it in your own hands and just took the risk and did it yourselves i find that really amazing you guys knew how to find the right places to make you guys go there I think, I think, yeah, we definitely take pride in that we've worked really, really hard to get to even this level that we're at now. We're, we're lucky enough now we've just got some booking agents since early this year um, who, well, haven't had much of a chance to do any work, but <laughs> would be booking us gigs in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we've never had any interest from anybody else anyway. We've never really had interest from external labels or managers or anything. So we don't have a choice. We, we haven't necessarily reached out either. I guess. Reached out, no. Yeah, it's one of those things like there's a bit of a stigma with labels. You hear so many horror stories about like bad contracts and that. But at the end of the day, like, it's all a, it's all a compromise. Like if you sign up with a label, you might give up some creative freedom, but you might get the funds to like record an awesome, awesome album. So mm, like you get some good publicity. If someone well. from Sony was like, Hey, here's $2 million. We wouldn't say no. <laughs> well, we might, we'd think about it. We'd think about it. We'd read the fans on the contract. I, I definitely, yeah. Don't love the idea. of Yeah. Definitely go for the professional way. Stripped away. <laughs> yeah. We'll but, think about it. And you're jumping up and down in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I think you're probably really smart not 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 have tried to jump on that bandwagon because you guys have you know I was before before we did this I was just having a look at some things to just kind of you know refresh you know my mind and you know think of some little things to talk about but I was having a look you guys have then created a fan base organically and not just a fan base of a couple 
you know, a couple people, but you know, thousands, you know, so I think you keep going your way and you don't get give sign that 360 contract and you don't get yeah. to, I agree with you. I gotta say, yeah, for sure. I think people don't realize that when a label gives you a, you know, a hundred thousand dollar contract, okay, so. they're just loaning it to you. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Until you make, <laughs> make a hundred thousand dollars from your recordings and touring, which is not an easy feat, although easier if you had label backing, I'm sure. Like, until you've made that money back, you won't see a fucking cent. So I'm happy without a label until uh, if if a label comes up and gives us a contract that is, you know, workable and fits what we want. But it's so doable without that. There's so many amazing independent artists that have had really solid careers and have really solid fan bases without any backing as well. So it's definitely doable and it's not anywhere near the top of our list of priorities to do that yeah definitely i studied i'm drawing parallels between you and sticky fingers not necessarily in the genre of your music but just in the in in terms of your story i i I, when i studied music uh tape i had sticky fingers manager was like our business teacher and he was saying like when when the boys like you know kind of came to him and said oh can you manage us and he said yeah um the idea was to just send the boys along the you know north up up north down south up north down south and just over and over relentlessly touring over there until they kind of made like an organic enough people to start making a bit of you know noise about yeah yeah and um, you guys seem to have that same kind of story and i just well yeah i mean those we definitely have seen success stories like that obviously i mean we don't condone sticky fingers behavior necessarily but they're certainly an inspiring band to um in terms of their success and i I always i draw parallels as well to ocean alley and i suppose that's more obvious to us or lime cordial although we don't you know see them as musical inspirations necessarily we certainly um can look up to them in so much as they've done what we've done and and gotten to a point where they've got a really sustainable career and Oceanelli were mates of ours when we when we started out they'd been going for you know four or five years when we put the band together and did a couple of supports with them before they kind of went crazy but they did just that as well they just toured non-stop they went crazy I knew their manager from from way way back just just by kind of meeting him at a at a youth center or something like that and yeah, they they just busted their asses, and and so did Lime Cordial, and I I guess Sticky Fingers did as well, and that's um so much more inspiring to me than than just um landing a little record deal and yeah. getting high rotation on Triple J and yeah <laughs> yeah I definitely have that a stuff lot. should come later yeah for sure I I definitely have a lot of respect for bands like for example Lime Cordial because they're break, they're having a break now. They're like getting big, they're getting really good airplay. But I saw Lime Cordial 11 years ago at like a under 18s thing in French's Forest on the Northern Beaches, playing shows to like a pretty small room. That was 11 years ago. They've been yeah. a band for like 14 years or something. And they only, residency at the opera. Yeah, and only Cordial. now are they like starting their break. And it's like, it's cool to see a band from similar roots as ours, like on the beaches. It just goes to show that like, at the end of the day, you got to be persistent. You got to keep trying, and what's going to make yeah. you keep trying is enjoying it. And I think, luckily, we do enjoy it. We yeah. enjoy touring. And and you got to really fucking care about it. And I think Lime is is a good example of a band that just cares a lot about the songs they write, and they're real solid musicians. And 
like love the art of it committed you can't you can't come into this game and expect any sort of financial financial success yeah or popularity definitely not right off the bat you yeah. can work hard and get somewhere but if you're not coming into it with the entirely pure um kind of purpose of making sick music and doing cool shows and having fun then you're not gonna have you're not gonna make, get make it very far at all because it's it's it can be if that was the only thing on our minds i think we'd just fucking be so sick of it by now for sure <laughs> I, I, we've I've, we've seen bands over the years where's my million dollars yeah we've, we've seen bands over the years who like have really great potential in my opinion like fantastic musicians and sometimes people get like disenfranchised because you do it for a long time and you don't see any like monetary gain or you're not making bank and like to some people that's an issue but like jay's not playing you, you, J's not playing you. <laughs> but, but like sam says that's it's the wrong approach you got to do it you got to start doing it because you love it and you got to keep doing it because you love it and you can't really do it because you want some kind of like monetary gain or something which might come or it might not but it's not it's not really relevant it shouldn't be yeah. the focus yeah well, ACDC once said it's a long way to the top. Um, and, <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, it certainly, it certainly is. Yeah, and, um, yeah know, most of us, yeah. And if you guys, you know, if you guys make your, your, your own, you know, if you guys make enough noise on your own, then, the, then Triple J comes knocking at your door and turns up and says, hi, we, 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 oh, we love you. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry about the last time you emailed us. Oh, we changed our mind. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to a bunch of people too. I think that happened to Ocean Alley, really. Um, not to keep going back to them, but, you know, they used to always, we used to always talk about Triple J and how we'd love to get played by them, but it never, it was just not happening for us for some reason. And then next thing they're winning the hot 100, hottest 100, and they were just like, "Yeah, we like them now." <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite bizarre. But if you do it on your own, then if they try to say, "Oh, we don't like them anymore," piss off. You you've still got all your fans, and you can go like, back and still yeah. have a career. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. this is what yeah. Cursor did, the rapper, and he they started playing him after like ten years of him trying to get played, and he just told them to piss off. Made <laughs> <laughs> a social media post. He's like, "Don't play me." <laughs> I don't think we'll go quite, we'll quite that. so drastic. I reckon if they played our music, I'll be okay. I'll be like, thanks, guys. <laughs> don't stop now. I think, I think Cursor went to another level. I saw a video where he had a, a did a show somewhere and he had the whole audience on like a live stream yelling out F you Triple J, but <laughs> they, they can be controversial amongst amongst the artist circles anyway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Triple J's it's it's a gatekeeper like not saying that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing but it's definitely a thing within this Aussie music industry it's like people perceive it as the thing you need to get on to make it as an artist and there's yeah. an element of that that's true but it's not entirely true either um but yeah it, I think it, the Australian music scene would benefit a lot from having way more independent music outlets podcasts like what you guys are doing for example i think is awesome Absolutely. or you got like fbi in, in sydney yeah. radio and stuff and i think i think there needs to be more focus on things like that as well yeah you just touched on what what why we started this is we had the, finally we had the time to do it and i think finally we like you know i was playing music at the time and just seeing so many like making friends with so many different dudes and i was just like you're fucking great you know and i just was seeing stuff that the the jays were doing and i was like there's just no 
secondary media coverage. It's yeah, like, yeah, there's no yeah. and I was like, how did this happen? Like, you know, <laughs> it's always a Pepsi to the Coke or, a, you know, yeah, yeah. So. and I was like, well, this doesn't exist. And then all of a sudden the time came and we're like, <laughs> had all these people around, a, you know, at the house getting drunk in the garage. And I was like the Joe Rogan experience in the Bankstown. <laughs> <laughs> Bankstown Rogan. Love it. That's fresh. <laughs> It's true. I mean, you can feel you can feel like it's a bit a bit of a monopoly sometimes, and um, yeah, artists. No artist wants to call a a big company like that out and be like, "Fuck those people," because they're you know gatekeeping or they're monopolizing the industry or they prioritize you know record label submissions over independent artists. No one wants to do that because we we all need want or want at least yeah to to have their support um when they're that big because you know their support would would likely mean that we you know get a get the exposure we need to quit our fucking jobs and <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> but you know you can't you can't put all your eggs in one basket and yeah, we, we sure. certainly don't you know we certainly don't place all of our hopes on something like triple j we place our hopes in ourselves and making good music making good music doing good shows yeah and um, speak like one, I just want to go back to live shows. What's it like for you guys when you play with other bands, right? Like, do you have to, like, are there, are there any bands that are like similar to you in your, your scene or are you kind of going on after a rock or punk band and it's just like, whoa, worlds apart. Very. It was like that at first, like, especially when we first started doing shows, we'd be opening for like uh, anything from like a, solo folk singer to like reggae bands <laughs> to like we opened for Gordy one year I think it was before you were in the band we opened for Gordy and like I think her everyone was at that was at her show we're like what the fuck <laughs> like, <are these> <laughs> doing? yeah we've gone to a point now where we we sort of are lucky enough to be able to headline a few venues so we get to select the bands that play before us in some cases and we like we like to try and put together a show that's cohesive stylistically yeah, yeah. But, also, we just love so many different types of bands. There's so much good talent on the scene. So we'll, you know, we'll fit any bill best we can. Yeah, essentially, it's just, yeah, it's like like we were saying earlier, it's a bit hard to box our music into a specific genre. So if we're looking for, like, support acts, we just find music that's really good. Well, it has to be, like, really good at, and original is, like, very good things to us. Yeah. And also... um. We're like if people can dance to it. Yeah, and danceable. So like we're we're a pretty high energy band in a live setting. So some something else that's pretty high energy definitely suits. We got like there was a run where we were doing some really cool shows in Sydney with bands which weren't like necessarily similar musically, but which really fit our vibe. One that comes to mind was a band called Mudge and Boo. Mm. And I don't think they've been kicking anymore, but they were like so top tier. Like there's so so much good music in. In Sydney, in Australia, which doesn't always get the exposure that it deserves. Mind you, was it? It was Binjus as well. Binjus, I think Binjus still doing things here and there, but they were always no. my favourite band on the scene by a long shot. I love Binjus. Yeah. yeah. Look, I've never tried it personally, but I'll take it. We'll look right into that one. I didn't think Plus. of that one, Hamish. Well done. That was a good one, buddy. <laughs> that was a good one. That that one was just set up by the, the name Binju to just create such a like disturbing yeah. image in your head, doesn't it? Well, it that's a good the, the music doesn't really sound like their name. I don't know. I can 
it's because it's kind of grimy it's guess, like funky and I've, i fucking love bin juice oh man i just had an ibis in my head next to the bin bag yeah, I I well. <laughs> yeah. uh you know has that name been taken yet is there any bands around sydney called the ibis i haven't heard of yet but bin um, chickens you know. the bin chickens yeah uh, Oh yeah, close enough, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the bean chickens exist, but again, like if anyone's listening and they need a band name. I reckon that is a band name. Yeah, I think it is too, isn't it? Like really? I, I yeah. Heard of it. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if I've heard of it like if it is a band or it's just like a running gag somewhere on Yeah, it's a thing for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. But um, you know. What, you know, I, I imagine for you boys and for us too, I mean, we can see that the light at the end of the tunnel of this kind of COVID hard, you know, four month lockdown, um, what's coming your way soon? Like, what are you looking forward to? Well, like you said, we released a single recently. We've released two singles recently and both of those are part of an album, which we recorded recently. So the album's called Sanctuary and that's dropping in like a month from when this podcast will probably come out. And so that's like, that's our thing that we've been pushing towards. We've spent the last six months mixing it and coming up with creative ideas. And then also like coming up with, you know, marketing plans or <laughs> social media plans and all those things. Business. Business, you know, the behind the scenes. But um, yeah, so I guess it's culminating in an album release. And then we're going to be doing a tour next year, which is going to be like February, March, which um, we're so excited for. Like we haven't, we haven't even rehearsed for like, three months or two months and man we miss it we miss just jamming together and miss touring together and performing on stage and all these great things that we we started off being a band to do these things and we haven't really been able to do them Mm, so at least personally i'm just i'm so keen to get at it again yeah same awesome man and um who did that album like the the single artwork for like your last single uh, that was a guy called Chris Anderson. Um, he did a artwork for our bassists, like solo project once. Yeah. And we we're kind of trying to think of ideas. And I saw that and I was like, that's sick. I really like his style. Let's get him to work on this. Yeah. 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 So, I really like it. I was like, yeah, yeah, Chris Keith. I like this. Yeah. It's at Chris Keith Anderson. Suss it out, everyone. <laughs> Make it famous. <laughs> I hope the editors put up a little tag there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll yeah. see it right here in the corner. Can make, can make that noise. Can make the noise where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, editor. Well, I think you did a perfect noise there. So we just would just leave that hey, one. Put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, man. And um, like when I saw your the artwork for it, I was like, that's really nice. Like, I like it. I, I even had to like, you know, you know how you can you make it full screen on your on your spotify yeah um you know just to go oh yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. gorgeous nice nice it's a, the, yeah it's so so beautiful yeah Love it. he's got a really cool painting style yeah man it's just one of those ones you have to stare at for a couple of a couple of minutes and then every time you open up the track you just kind of go into stare mode for about yeah for sure it's so bright yeah i'm actually keen to i haven't been able to meet up with him because of covid but he's got all the canvases like the original paintings so oh sick i'll have to go pick those up sell them at the auction sell them as an nft man (laughs) (laughs) NFT what all the kids are doing and you reckon you guys will um you know get digital artwork for the 
for the you know coming projects in the future or you like the traditional you know painting yeah we're not even thinking about it like we just who knows yeah yeah that was just for this one thing that we did that for and I mean, it's cool. It's, it'd be kind of cool in one hand to like continue the aesthetic or continue a trend, but also any new projects we're going to do are going to be that they're going to be new projects. So yeah, who knows really? We've always, we've always found it tricky. Well, I personally, anyway, I've always found it tricky to kind of get a, get a hold of some cool visuals and stuff and have a consistent aesthetic, mm-hmm. which is what yeah. people like you to have these days. Although looking at our Instagram now, you wouldn't be able to tell because we really worked hard on for this album to, to get some good, photos and stuff yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean we don't really think a lot about album art until it really comes down to the crunch so could be man even your art like even your instagram like those you know how you've made that uh what do you call them the massive post like you know like the terminology is just wrong but um (laughs) it looks sick i was like oh these guys might must be art students or something (laughs) cool no, just just learn Photoshop. Yeah, I, was just, I just came up with a little cool thing in Photoshop and then was playing around with it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Let's make it a thing. <laughs> yeah, good photos by Tom Wilkinson as well. Yeah. Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> At Tom Wilkinson. Nice guys. And um, like I think you should stick with the canvases, but I was just wondering if you're gonna, you know, if you go down the realm of digital artwork, well then you can, you know, go in the future and auction off all your you know nfts yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong well, hey, yeah. hamish has got a canvas over his shoulder as well if you guys can see the black yeah, canvas at the back yeah he, he oh, did that yeah. it doesn't look very nice i haven't turned yeah. the lights on tonight i thought i, I like it up, but... i read that book i read that book this year actually i've seen the movie a bunch of times but i only just read the book this year and it's a banger hunter s thompson <laughs> 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 Nice. We might use that sound effect every time someone swears now, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, yeah, we haven't really filtered oh, Yeah, are we supposed to swear? No, no, it's, it's all good now. But just <laughs> if fun. you can, like, we're only on YouTube and we're called West Underground. So, you know, there's been plenty of swearing in the past. I think we've toned it down today, Paul. Usually, yeah, we... usually. I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard you guys cuss once. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Put us Hamish on. Hamish, one or two times, but when he's interesting something, but no, it's been good. You should censor words that aren't swear words. Yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah. they? Didn't they do that in the Star Wars? Like they did a, like a montage in one of the Star Wars movies where they just censored in certain parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember True. that. <laughs> Classic edit. Yeah. I th- I think I haven't sworn today because you boys have got your legs crossed. I feel like I can't swear. I feel yeah, like we're in a little bit of a legs, the, upper the, we are. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to reserve the Westie. I look very, very <laughs> refined. I'm just being comfortable, man. Yeah. I've been alternating. I've been doing some of these ones and then like a little bit of this. Yeah. I got the I got the backrest, so honestly, I'm winning. <laughs> Jesse's the most comfortable. He's got the snake next to him as well. Yeah. And that's yeah. saying something. We'll be comfortable for long. Yeah. Yeah, as long as he stays in there, he's all right. Yes, yeah, so you look very comfortable for a man who's next to a snake tank. Yeah, there's glass next to me. Hopefully, there won't be a, a Dudley Dudley villain. Oh yeah, <laughs> like in Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you been? Have you um been attacked like bitten by the snakes many times, or are they pythons? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean they're pythons. Yeah, um, so they're not deadly, but like you know they pack a punch. It hurts when they bite you, and <laughs> you bleed a little bit. But they actually, when they get older, and these two. Are, adults now 
usually really docile and they just chill out. I wouldn't, that one's not so docile. Should we pull him out? <laughs> no. What about pull, this one? That one's asleep. Okay. But yeah, they're, they're, they're nice. They're, there's a baby one behind me and, and he's, he's a dickhead at the moment. <laughs> he's also when, got a tarantula. We have a tarantula as well. Jesus, man. I Look, man, I'm from Dubbo. So before I moved down to Sydney, I, I moved down from the bush. So I am shit scared of snakes. Like snakes are scary as shit. So snakes come into our swimming pool, like in the, in the house and to kill the chickens. Yeah. Like snake. Yeah. yeah. How did you tame yourself to the, to the, you know, to the beasts? Well, I think, you know, they're misunderstood creatures. They're never aggressive, you know. They're just, they just don't want to be touched most of the time. And so or anyone's getting bitten by venomous snakes and stuff or people that have accidentally stepped on them or have gone to try and kill them with a shovel or something because they'll defend themselves. But if you don't bother them, they'll just run away or slither away, I should say. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing harder than walking in long grass, like long dead country grass and, and, and yeah. nearly stepping on a snake and just fucking staying still while this brown snake just kind of slithers away. Because you oh, yeah. one bite, I'm dead. Snakes in the wild are like, yeah, the etch. Yeah, venomous, I would never, I would never put a venomous snake in my house. Although some, I know some people who do that, but I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm glad, man. <laughs> I prefer like small dogs, you know, like Maltese Shih Tzus and stuff. Really? Yeah. Well, at least a big dog. Compared, no, I mean compared to snakes. Oh right. No, the snakes are really nice. The <laughs> best thing about snakes is that they're predictable. Like, not not to be mean or anything, but they're actually, they're so dumb. They don't have any like like reasoning types of brains. They work off pure instinct. So you'll know if it's gonna bite you, and you know if it's gonna like slither away. Like their body language is really easy to read. So. That's why I like them. They're simple. Simple. <laughs> they don't hurt me. They're just like warmth and food. They might hurt me physically, but never emotionally. <laughs> well, they say it's the simple things in life. So you're doing well, man. Yeah. That's a good point. That's what they say. Now, guys, I, we're going to have to start wrapping the interview up, but um, would you guys like to steer it in any directions? And also, Paul, have you got any kind of questions to ask before we start? Like, mm, No, I think it's been covered. I just want to, if you guys got any shout outs or plugs you want to do, feel free to say them. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll plug. We just dropped a single called uh, Love You Too. Just forgot the name of it. It's called oh, Love so you kind. Too. We just only met. <laughs> We love you too. I mean, you didn't say it first, but yeah. we, we assume <laughs> we you do. Um, and yeah, so we've got an album coming out in um, October or in November, and it's called Sanctuary. Obviously, we're called Thunder Fox. Check us out on Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, if you if you if you dig in this, then please go check out our music because we think you'll probably like it. Yeah. Awesome, man. I reckon that's a great place to finish here, boys. Like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, this has, been, this has been an absolute blast. Like, I've, I've quite enjoyed this. It, it, oh, thanks. Us too. Yeah, for sure. It's been really nice. Thanks for having us. Thanks Stoked so much. Man.